Welcome to Raiders on the Record, the podcast featuring Hastings High School Athletics. I'm Athletic Director Trent Hansen. My colleague Tim Hanneberg and I work together to bring you the stories of Raiders sports. We are thrilled to share conversations with the athletes, coaches, and alumni that represent Raider Nation. Check back weekly and be sure to share this podcast with your friends in the Raiders Network. Today's episode features Michael Bauer. Michael is a 1999 graduate of Hastings High School who was All-State in track and field and basketball. He led the boys' basketball team to the school's first conference championship in over 40 years, as well as back-to-back section finals appearances in 1998 and 1999. Along the way, Michael recorded incredible statistical feats like a 52-point game and a game with 14 blocks. And he's also recorded more dunks than any other basketball player in Raiders history. He was a finalist for Mr. Basketball, who earned a full Division I scholarship to the University of Minnesota. Following a four-year career at the U, Michael went on to play professional basketball in Europe for eight years, where he was a two-time champion in the EuroLeague. This conversation was a ton of fun, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, Michael. Well, thanks for coming aboard. We're going to start with what we call five good questions. These are just quick hitters, just kind of short answer. Uh, help people get to know you a little bit better. So start by telling us what schools did you attend growing up? Like what elementary or, or middle? And then what was your Hastings High School grad year? So I uh, started off uh, in Tild- with Tilden Elementary. We had Tilden Tigers. Um, got a lot of pride with that. Run into people all the time with uh, with kind of that the, that we grew up with. And a lot of pride in Tilden. So and then went on to the Hastings Middle School and uh and had some memories there and moved on to the the high school grad year was what 99 uh, 1999 there we go in the 19s yep. as the kids call yep. it all right still um yeah right um tell us a little bit about your family growing up siblings um, uh you know yep. parents guardians kind of extended family around where, where are you in the family order of the bowers kind of walk people through that well, there's a lot of people that are from Hastings know uh, the Bowers are a plenty. Good old German Catholic farmers. Uh, there's there's a lot of them. My dad had over 100 first cousins, so I am really bad with names. I'm great with faces. Um, but at the same time, I have uh, five siblings or four four siblings. There's five of us. Uh, my, my mother and father, Howard and Patty Bauer. Uh, uh, my dad grew up here in Hastings and my mother moved to this area from uh, from Bakersfield, California originally, and then moved to Dallas, Texas, and then moved her way up here. Her dad was uh, 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 kind of like my dad. They were both carpenters. Um, and uh, so had two sets of twins and myself. Um, they uh, joke because I'm six, eight, uh, that I ate my twin. And uh, but they David and Kathy were two years older than me and Joshua and Jesse were two years younger than me. So I was stuck in st- sandwiched in between a set of twins. There you go. A busy, busy house. Uh, yeah. Tell us what's kind of your earliest sports memory as a youngster, right? As a little kid or elementary, doesn't even have to be organized sports. Could be just something out, out in the yard. But when you think of your first memories yeah. of sports, what are they? Well, I guess my, my first, uh, kind of general memory was just playing catch uh 
catch uh, out in the out in the backyard baseball on uh, my dad would just throw the ball up and Dave my older brother and I were pretty pretty competitive and uh and we'd uh, just fight for every ball and he was much bigger but uh my first uh kind of competitive aspect uh outside of just you know family stuff was uh was not getting kicked for or not getting picked for kickball when I was in elementary school and I remember looking at every single person that was on the field and and wanting to destroy them athletically speaking not physically and I kind of made a vow to myself that I was going to be uh the best athlete that I uh that anybody in these parts of has seen from that point forward and I was pretty tenacious after that goal from that point forward to started recording how many balls I kicked over the fence from that point forward on the back of my textbooks and you know just little things like that just uh anything to remain that keep that light burning of you know the competitive spirit right on one of those earliest experiences are so formative right um yes they are what was your first job either as a kid or as a professional First, first job. Actually, uh, well, I guess we'll put it both ways. Um, my first uh, job as a kid was detasseling corn with eddings, and uh, so anybody that has done that, uh, you probably woke up way before the sun came up, and uh, and were out in the fields getting all that morning dew dripping down your boots, and and uh, and doesn't matter what you wore it never really protected you from the water on the on the corn so pulling off tassels and throwing them at people when i got bored with it and uh you know always always trying to have fun smiling laughing joking playing and uh but uh my first uh, professional job uh, as far as basketball went um was actually for a team in luxembourg uh which is a tiny one of the richest uh, uh countries per capita but uh but it was not a uh, not very rich as according to basketball talent so um i thank god i was able to kind of have a make my way through a rough uh, first year professionally and uh, coming off the back of some injuries in college and uh, and after after i got through that first year i was able to find uh find a good team in france and uh, and then i had a very good respectable career after that yeah awesome and then tell us just uh what what are three of michael bauer's favorite things could be favorite foods favorite movies favorite time of the year just what are your three favorite things well i would say uh probably movies tombstone food pizza and beer i have grown (laughs) i've traveled all over the world and i have learned to really enjoy a good appreciation for that. Fair enough, man. So what I want to do is walk back through a little bit of a little bit more, let's go deeper into kind of just your influences and your journey coming through, through the high school, right. And then into your collegiate uh, sports career a little bit, maybe just give us a brief walkthrough of your kind of your youth sports journey. So like what kind of sports did you try when you were a kid, right? When you got into the middle school, what were you involved in? And then of course, as you progressed into high school um, I know of course about your basketball and, and track and field, right. Uh, accomplishments, but kind of just paint the picture for people a little bit what that was like for you working your way through. We grew up playing everything out in the country. Uh, just had footballs, baseballs, frisbees, um, anything. I, and I have uh, rocks, uh, pieces of a tree. You know, it didn't matter what it was. I enjoyed throwing. So in my whole life, I've been throwing things um, at sometimes at people. I uh, found out that that's not always preferred, but uh, but I. There was anything from uh, learning how a frisbee uh, catches air uh, to learning how to skip a rock on water to, you know, uh, 
shooting a basketball either outside in the wind or you know off a glass fan backboard versus off a square backboard and so like it, it, the the variety of uh of of ways to throw things and and to move my body around things was was something that i i always uh even at a very young age i i took a deeper look at why and how and and how i could um, and I think that, uh, I think that allowed me to mentally engage into the games, uh, that I, that I was playing and, and be able to take different skills from each and kind of blend them into other things. So I, um, uh, was able to do, uh, uh, track and field and basketball throughout high school and middle school. I did cross country running. Um, I was going to, uh, my senior year in high school, I decided to, to not do track because I, I did a lot of triple, triple jump and different things like that. But I, I started having some, uh, some pains from, uh, from the, ex- like hitting my feet on the, on the, uh, pavement. And I just didn't want to mess with it when I already had a, a good full ride for, uh, for basketball. But I, I thought about doing, uh, soccer and I was going to be a goalie and I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> Might as well do it. And, uh, yeah. but that I ended up breaking an ankle before my senior year. Uh, just dunking a basketball game in a, in a, in a summer camp, made two free throws afterwards and had to limp, limp over. So that kind of, kind of took my ability to try soccer out of the, out of the picture, but, but it ended up working fine. So uh, then, then, uh, but I, I was able to be ranked number one in the world. And when I was in middle school, jumped six, four, when I was six, four in eighth grade. And uh, it was kind of fun because my older brother, David, who ended up being a state champion, uh, he, he actually got to uh, be the ref of that meet as well. So he refed me uh, and judged, <laughs> judged my jump, my world record jump for a, a child that age at that time. Well, and for to, that, to interject, for that year. yeah. And people that know you and your family, and of course, know David know that it was probably tougher for you having him be the judge yeah, than it would be him exactly. trying to get you. There's no messing around, man. He's going to make you oh, earn no. it twice probably, right? Yep, exactly. So, uh, so that was pretty fun. I hold the middle school high jump record. David owns the, uh, the high school high jump record. And, uh, and I, since I already had the middle school one, I, uh, you know, when I got to high school and I was, uh, I was going after his record, I always, instead of matching it at six, nine, I'd always set the bar at six, nine and a half. Cause I told them there's no way I'm putting my name next year's. It's either going to be above yours or, or not on there. Right. So <laughs> So uh, walk people through a little bit. So track and field, uh, you did some triple jumping, uh, a lot of high jumping. Yep. Kind of what? What were your? Do you remember what your best distances were? And do you have a couple state meets in there? Um, I did. Uh, I did high jump in the state meet. Missed it my sophomore year, um, uh, just by one scratch. It was almost going to be David and my myself going to state. My my sophomore year, but I missed it by one scratch, uh, to go my sophomore year, my junior year, I ended up, uh, had a, had a guy from North branch that actually cut me off on my only scratch and, uh, and kind of interrupted my jump and I should have not jumped. I just thought if I did attempt, you know, I could take it back because he interrupted my progress. And, uh, the, the judge said, no, you get penalized for that. Cause you could have stopped. So, hmm. um, I ended up uh, being, uh, had the best uh jump in the state which was six eight which is what i jumped that day but the the guy that ended up winning state my junior year he pr'd by four inches that day so his <laughs> best ever was six four and he pr'd by four 
four inches and he was so so jacked up and hyped to pr by that much off on my run so you know i don't don't have any excuses for it it just you know i i failed (laughs) but it allows you to grow and uh and take on take on other ways of uh, seeing things and pushing yourself in other ways so that's right uh well i love letting people hear that about uh about your track and field experience because of course most people will remember you or know you for uh what what happened on the basketball floor so uh you know you're a four-year uh varsity basketball player um first conference championship team on the boys side and boy almost 50 years uh when you were a junior back-to-back section championship game appearances what do you remember most about your high school basketball career in general anything that sticks out to you in particular um well i i have a picture of myself actually uh slam dunking my last basket as against tartan and uh you're actually in that picture and uh so just uh see the elation of everybody but also the uh the frustration as well um and because that was a that was a pretty hard loss but uh but i had i had a lot of very good memories you know i i got a i I was a freshman playing on a team when they they told me the previous coach wouldn't uh wouldn't allow a freshman to uh to play and and uh and then then I played so I got the opportunity by my sophomore year I had a 52 point game against St. Anthony and that was uh that was a lot of fun um uh played on you know played on the target center played on the you know played some games on the, the you know the Williams Arenas floor and a lot of big games against uh, St. Thomas Academy and uh, Tartan and, and, you know, had a big game. Uh, a lot of these guys' names, I, I don't really remember anymore, but I remember playing games and, you know, 14 blocks down in Northfield. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was, uh, uh, we played a game against uh, Simley. You might, you probably remember his name, big dude. That was sophomore year. I think, uh, oh man, I remember his face, but I haven't thought of this guy That's for right. years, That's but right. anyway, so it was, it was a really big game and he was, he was a big body uh, guy and I, and we were, we were just a, as a team. And, and then also kind of my athleticism was able to shut down this guy. And then the team was able to capitalize and key moments. And, and uh, so it was, you know, a lot of, a lot of hard work, um, you know, wearing having Slokowski would throw that weight vest on me and we'd run laps in the old, uh, the old high school. Mm-hmm. And just be feeling that whole floor bouncing as you're running down these hallways with a weight vest on and the whole team's trailing right behind you. And so it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of real good memories back in those days. Well, I appreciate some of those. I just want to restate them so people really know what you mean. I know what you mean because I saw almost all of what you just described, you know, but um, yes. the, the current middle school, which used to be the high school, which is where you went to high school, uh, one of the things that we would do once or twice a week was conditioning up on the second floor. And you guys would literally run laps around the high school. So for yeah. those folks who are listening, they can visualize what that's like. Uh, first of all, it's not a short lap. Uh, second no. of all, it's a little tougher if you're wearing a weighted vest on a six, seven or six, eight frame. And thirdly, you are hundred percent right. You, yeah. You can <laughs> feel that floor bounce up and down. You're not kidding. Yeah. Um, yep. the other thing is I have vivid memories of the 52 point game. So I want people to listen to that for a second. It was a 52 point high school game. Uh, there were eight minute quarters It was a 32 minute game. And the reason, well, I remember it for a number of reasons, but one reason is that it was my job to keep the scorebook. And I think you had like, I don't know, 
20 something in the first quarter. I literally ran out of room. I, I yeah. didn't even know how to fill out the dang scorebook, right? Cause you yeah. kept, <laughs> kept hitting threes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it was everything. Yeah. There was, I think I only missed like a free throw in that whole game. I don't, yeah. I think I was one or maybe it was one or two shots maybe, but I, I, yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't miss much that game. It felt like the, uh, it felt like the, the hoop was, uh, was a big kiddie pool. No it was doubt. pretty easy to, pretty easy to make them. Well, there's that one. And then you said you had 14 blocks in a game at Northfield and four yep. folks that were there too. It wasn't like they were just blocks for fun. We, you guys won a tight game at the buzzer. I mean, you yeah. every single one of those blocks. Yep. I mean, yeah. Your statistics they, they were pretty... not uh, just, you know, for fantasy basketball, they were, had a huge impact on the team's the game, performance yeah. for sure. Yeah. It was, it, it was always kind of funny. Uh, who's the Timberwolves big white, white guy who played for the Timberwolves just a couple of years ago. Uh could soak up just a ton of points. Uh, then he ended up going and playing with KG, oh, Kevin or, uh, Love. With Kevin Love, yes. Yeah. So I always watched Kevin Love play, and it was just amazing that he could fill in the stat sheet, but he'd never helped the team win. Mm-hmm. Like the teams never won, and he never like the way he played. He could like, he, those intangible ways were just it, it, he added to the team, but it but at the same time it didn't help the teams win. And, right. and my goal wasn't ever to fill up a stat sheet. I could never care less about that. And, um, yeah. if, whether I had five points or 52 points, it, it never, it never made a lick to me, never mattered at all. It was all about winning. And, uh, cause for me, the, the, what, one reason I fell in love with basketball is cause it's just kind of like life. You, you don't get anywhere by yourself. Um, you either, you either pull the people along with you or you surrender to it and stay where you're at or go back. And, uh, right. and so basketball was always something that I, uh, I loved because it was, it was a challenge to pull people along with you, but also to do the best you could at making others better. And, yeah, sure. and, uh, and within a, within the game, I found plenty of different ways to hustle, dive for loose balls, take charges, uh, score points, you know, block shots or, you know, there's so many different ways to affect, uh, if uh, positively affect the end result of a game that, uh, that for me, it was just, uh, it was just a, a pleasure to do it where, where I played with a lot of guys that their focus was more on themselves. And, and it was amazing to see how they could fill up a stat sheet, but they would, they didn't help the team win ever. Right. Or rarely. Right. No, you said it well. And I think for the basketball fans in particular that would listen to this, I mean, you really were kind of like a stretch four uh, before a stretch four was a thing. You know, when people watch yeah, like college or pro the basketball Dirk now, of the world. yeah, they're tall, long players that can shoot and dribble and do a lot of things. But the game was just more traditional 20, 25 years Correct. ago, even at the high school level. And so you were doing things that with your height and frame, you know, hitting three point shots from four feet behind the line and then putting the ball on the ground and getting to the rim in one dribble and uh, things that, you know, was just really unorthodox at the time, but I appreciate how you highlighted a number of other things. You were never afraid to set a screen. You were in the top two mm-hmm. or three on the team and taking charges when you certainly could have been uh, exempt to just jump and block the thing. But when that was the right yep. play, you made the right play. And I think people that would would have watched you uh, came to appreciate that. And it's, there's no, it's a reason why, you know, you guys won 90% of the games that you did in your, you know, three plus years there. But I appreciate the, the context of, you know, kind of, um, the team aspect who give me one or two players that were some of your favorite teammates, maybe give me a, um, and this could have been middle school, high school, basketball, track and field, just 
who are a couple of your favorite teammates? Why would they be your favorite teammates? What'd you, what'd you learn from them or why'd you enjoy playing with them? Well, I'd have to say, even though my older brother, David and I, he was my first teammate because, uh, uh he wouldn't take no crap. So he'd, uh, you know, he'd, he'd throw a football at my face hundred miles an hour. And if I didn't pick it up or I'd jam my finger, he'd call me out for being a wuss. And, you know, so he, he challenged me, but at the same time it was through, you know, a really dark way of building me up, <laughs> but, but sometimes you need that in life too. Um, but, uh, you know, I had, uh, I had them, you know, in high school, kind of more of like your, the Mark Johnson's of, of the, of the world where he and I were, you know, Duncan, I had little guy Duncan and a big tall guy Duncan in at a time when not a lot of kids really dunked, especially in, you know, majority of white schools down here and, you know, corn country. So, um, you know, that get, get to high school or get to college, Dusty Reichart. He's, he's one of the guys that just stuck out really, you know, a lot. Oops. Sorry. I got a, got a call. Oh, you're good. I can still hear you. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, uh, you know, having Mark Johnson with, you know, going from that and, uh, and Dusty Riker going up to the university of Minnesota, he was always a great teammate. I actually was, uh, my, my roommate, uh, Kevin Burles and, uh, JB Bickerstaff, uh, you know, really, really good guys. Uh, uh, Trevor, Bennett, um, just, uh, and then Colt going in career, um, Ricardo played for Pittsburgh and John, he's one of the, uh, French all time, best, uh, best players ever look him up. He's, he's got a phenomenal, uh, history over in Europe. Um, and just, I, I, I was so lucky to play with, uh, so many talented guys and against so many talented guys played, played against, uh, uh, played played a couple of times with KG and uh, I had a I had a basically no ligaments holding my right ankle together, but he was like, hey, this white boy can play, and uh, and so it was, you know I got I got to play with you know with one person removed from almost everybody in basketball, uh, which was which was a true pleasure. Um, I've uh, be- be- between who I knew and and who everybody I knew knew that the, that was pretty much the entire basketball world so, so was, we're gonna uh, so i gotta pretty, stop pretty for fun. a second cause, yeah we're gonna come back to it Who, when did you play with kevin garnett Tell uh we just played in some we, we played in summer ball just uh while i was up at the university of minnesota so it was uh uh um he'd just come down and uh and instead of playing up at the target center uh kind of they they had uh, lifetime fitness and all that up there but anytime I'm down because we never had the air conditioning we'd 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 sweat but uh but yeah we got great workouts and good runs and, and just uh free freelance games good pickup I remember uh Mo Hargrove threw a ball up one time and tried lofting it over KG and KG took it off the top of the backboard blocked it at like 14 feet up in the air and it was like what in the hell like the, you know <laughs> I've I've seen that dang near everything on a basketball court, but that was pretty special. That's awesome. So well, I want to come back to that in, in a couple minutes, but um, tell me. So in, in the in the mode of the high school stretch there, uh, that grade nine through twelve, because you know we have a lot of people listening that are either high school athletes themselves or their parents of high school athletes. But what was your own improvement process like as a high school athlete? Right? What was your training like? I mean, how did you get better? Uh, you know, what habits did you use to grow? 
again, that's all in the 16 or 17 year old brain, but I mean, what was it like right. for you in terms of getting better? Well, it, it, the mentality of, uh, like I, I've done a lot of basketball camps and throughout my time. And, um, and what I try to tell people is, uh, it has to be an obs- a borderline obsession, if not an obsession to, uh, to achieve anything in life of significance. And, uh, there's gotta be some luck involved. There's gotta be some natural talent. Um, and if you don't, but above and beyond anything, if you don't have the work ethic to put position yourself for the, the possible benefits that could arrive in your life, um, you're, you're not preparing yourself for them. So therefore you're probably not going to have as many of them as you could have. And for me, it literally went kind of when I, when I look back on my life, uh, just like I said, even the, the tenacity ever since I was a child of even throwing rocks in the backyard, I, I, I had a, uh, I had a dedication and a focus mentally to, to achieve what I wanted to achieve. It didn't matter if it was a minor, small task or a, or a big task. It, it was, it was, this is going to get done. It's just a matter of how and how am I going to figure it out? And, but it's little things like, uh, I, I turned my ankle when I was in middle school and I couldn't run. And, but I found a way to work on my ball handling skills by just sitting in a chair and dribbling it around it and, you know, finding anything in, at any time to do. Uh, if you find yourself bored in life, instead of sucking down a, a two liter bottle of pop and, uh, and, plugging on a TV or checking out your phone, get off your butt and go do something and, and try to f- try to make yourself better in, in some facet. It doesn't matter what, which facet it is, but uh, um, you, you go to, you go to these camps and you see these kids and they don't, they don't even want to run hard to the other end of the court once, let alone enough times to, to achieve what they call the goals, you know? So you got to be realistic, but you also got to hold yourself accountable. And, uh, and, and you have, I was lucky enough to, to have multiple people, not just myself, hold myself accountable throughout my life, but I've also had, uh, had family, friends, coaches, and, uh, and other, other people as well. Just, uh, just fa- fans that would, you know, I didn't, they didn't know me from Adam, but they'd give, they'd incentivize me at times to be able to push through things. And, and, uh, and it, it happened from a young age and it just, thank God I, I was able to carry it through throughout the rest of my life as well. No doubt. I mean, there, there's just a ton of great perspective there. I appreciate how you package that. Any, you know, just, just for fun, you know, you talk about all the different influences. I mean, you, you have to have, of course, there's that innate piece of it. There's the nature nurture component, right? So Correct. Um, who, who, who would you, I mean, I know you've talked about David a couple of times already. Who else would you say kind of help that growth for you along the way anybody stick out any family or friends well, or I would coaches say my, that kind of... yeah yeah i would say my probably my my dad and my my older brother are are my formative uh uh people that i learned my most of my lessons from that you know really formed me before i really even ever got to any sort of level of of interest being uh being a small town kid from hastings like nobody nobody ever expected me to do much you know especially in regards to basketball we're a football wrestling hockey town and uh and then I came in and when he was a uh 
when he was, I think it was a sophomore. I was probably in sixth or seventh grade and that was five years behind him. So whatever that is. And I, I remember seeing him dunk on, uh, uh, um, right on, uh, was his name. You played with him. Uh, the, you know who I'm talking about, the big guy that Jamie Nelson. Oh yeah. 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 When he, For sure. Yeah. So I was at the game, saw Arnie Carlson up in the stands with Clem Haskins and he dunked on big Jamie and yep. the whole crowd, even Hastings fans were, we hated Cottage Grove at that time, but <laughs> everybody went nuts. That was cool as heck. And uh, all of a sudden, a couple of years later, uh, there's Arnie and Clem up in the stands watching me play, talking to my mom. And I was like, That's right. this is a full circle. So, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> but, but if I wouldn't have done all the things that I did and had been pushed by the people that pushed me, uh, there's no way I would have been able to achieve um much of what i i was able to achieve and uh and you know there's there's always going to be regrets in life but i i feel pretty fortunate even though that i i had a lot of setbacks i feel like i learned what i needed to have through through those setbacks to be able to you know get a get a great life set of life experience yeah i'm with you well um in general what did the, what did the community of Hastings mean to you growing up here, playing sports here, uh, you know, being able to represent the school and, and the teams you played on? What, what was it like yep. now, once you had a chance to, you've been around the block more than twice, man, you've had some incredible experiences. What, what does the community in general mean to you when you look back at that? Oh, it, it was, it was a blast to, to, you know, I, nobody real. I was kind of a shy little kid. Uh, not so little skinny more so than little, but, uh, but I was a shy skinny kid. Uh, and my, you know, I, I kind of used sport to be my outlet, uh, to express myself. And, uh, and it kind of went through, uh, through a phase where, um, you know, there wasn't as much, uh, attention through, through moving around in the world as, as a young child. And then you kind of start taking your place and, and, and working into things. And, uh, I was always supported by my teachers, you know, I was pushed by them as well academically, uh, even though, you know, grades, grades came pretty easy to me. Um, I've, n- I've never had to study really in my entire life. I just, I just have to go to class and pay attention and I'd be able to retain it. So I'm kind of lucky in that regard, but, but my teachers would always push me for more. I'm like, you can do more. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm getting an A. <laughs> you know how that goes being a teacher. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. so, but yeah, you, you know, I, I've always had really good support, whether, whether it's uh, be, be, being in school uh, through coaches, teachers, uh, things of that nature to, uh, you know, talking to people within the, the community before games or after games. I, I always it, 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 it meant a lot to me that they would invest a moment into me, let alone uh, take an evening or a couple of evenings a week or several evenings a month onto the, all the time that they'd spend watching me play or coming and watch me practice or watch the team practice. And, and so that just, just those little things, I, I've, I've always seen them valued them uh, and tried to do my best to kind of return an appreciative spirit back to uh, back to the community. So um, I'm not uh, now that I've, amateur into professional other industry um the 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 my my willingness and eagerness to uh just go out into the community a lot now is you know i've kind of become a little bit more of a homebody and and i 
I am not definitely searching for a lot of people to be around me all the time. Um, so it's kind of, kind of come in full circle a little bit in that regard. Yeah. I like smaller groups, bonfires, guns, yeah. chainsaws, yeah. outdoors, you know, things like that. So, well, it might be a perfect segue because I mean, you have had a chance to play on a lot of stages and I use that literally and figuratively. So let's transition yep. a little bit. Talk us through, you, know, you graduate in 99, you have an incredible opportunity, you're a division one full scholarship student athlete at the University of Minnesota, right? You played for yep. the Golden Gophers. Uh, you're recruited by Clem um, originally, right? But you, and you talk about the coaching staff shift there, but just walk us through um, what was that collegiate experience like for you, right? Um, yeah. And, and kind of what sticks out to you in terms of, of, of maybe fondest memories, biggest takeaways. Uh, tell us about your time at the U. Well, I'll, uh, since there will be probably some children watching, I'll keep it PG. And we, <laughs> Good we choice. Had, uh, we, we had a very, uh, a, I, I got to leave the, leave playing Hastings kind of on a sour note in regards to not getting to state, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, but, right. uh, Jake Sullivan's team uh, with, with uh, Tartan ended up uh, being able to push it, push it on through the state that year. And, uh, and, but I was, I was pretty excited about being able to just go up and play for Clem Askins. And uh, two weeks before, uh, before that, I uh, found out that there was a huge academic scandal going on in the program, but uh, coach Haskins actually asked requested uh, when I committed to him that before I did give him my answer, that I uh, realized the significance of what he was, he was asking of me. And um, I don't know if he knew it was coming or not with the scandal, but, uh, but he said, no matter what happens, I, I want you to know that you're playing, you're, you're uh, committing for the town of Hastings. You're committing for the state of Minnesota. You're committing for the university of Minnesota and you're committing for your friends and family. And, uh, and this commitment isn't something I want you to, to go back upon. And, uh, and for me, I, I, took that you know i i weighed those that the the weight of it uh very significantly and then diligently and was able to come to the opinion that yes this is where i wanted to play so on the back end of all those uh all the, all of the academic scandal there, there was plenty of opportunities for me to uh to lead the university of minnesota and i can i can honestly tell you i i didn't have the the greatest coach in Dan Munson in his replacement uh, went from a, a, a phenomenal coach and coach Haskins to someone I didn't nearly learn as much as I should have been able to learn from. Um, but I did have other coaches that I, uh, that I was able to learn quite a bit from through my time and, uh, and, and still gain, gain a lot of insight and, uh, and experience that, that helped yeah. me, you know, succeed throughout my career but it was yeah it was a lot of fun to be able to play in front of friends and family and and in some ways I kind of wish I would have gone to another uh, another program that offered me like the Kansases the Kentuckys UNC's and things of that nature but but I'm very happy that I stayed um, having gone through it uh, would have been probably easier probably wouldn't have had as many injuries because of uh, the types of programming that uh, that the elite programs have uh, they probably wouldn't have tried shoving so much weight on me so fast. And, and, but at the same time, I, I have no complaints. I had a phenomenal set of experiences that have, that have uh, allowed these eyes to be able to see so many, so many varieties of people. And uh, I've spoken five languages throughout my life. And uh, by my children, I have two daughters uh, that live most of the time in France and I get them back in the summer. And uh, my, my ex-wife and I have, 
I have two beautiful girls that, uh, that I, that are just thoroughly connected to me and my family and, and to, to life in general. So it's, you know, it, there's always a reason to, to hang your head and, uh, and right. just because something doesn't work out the way you wanted it to, doesn't mean God didn't have another purpose for you. Yeah. Well said. Well, stay on the ghost for a minute before we transition to the pro part. I mean, I know I, you said it and of course you're, you're, you're who you are. You're a humble, hardworking uh, guy. And I, I want to restate for people, you know, I think if, if they want to rewind the podcast, remember like, yeah, you did have offers from Kansas. Yes. The Jayhawks, right. Oh, and yeah, Kentucky, I, the Wildcats. And we're talking about ACC and Carolina. And you did make a very conscious choice to, to play in the big 10 and, and play at the U and, and got to play at home. And, and for that, me and hundreds and thousands of others got to watch you on TV. We got to watch yep. you in person. You get to attach to your experience a little bit differently. And so I know, for example, that, you know, you had a couple of years where uh, you think about this combination for folks that are listening, you're in the top 10 in the conference and three point field goal percentage and blocks, mm -hmm. right? So you think about the, the, the unique combination that you were bringing to the table and you're second team, all big 10, you had to fight through some injuries, right? You, you oh, arguably yeah. had, you know, the broken arm at Purdue is probably one of the toughest ones when you're maybe at the top of your game uh, during that. Yeah, stage. that one, that one sucked because <laughs> all the, all the coaches called me up and said they were going to vote for me for freshman of the year in the big 10, right yeah. after I finally worked back from an ankle <laughs> dislocation, right. I had to put it back on my own uh, three days yeah. before my first scheduled college game. So it was like, you know, every time that I was just about to the place, I, I felt like I was, I was going to just break it open and get back to where I wanted it to be from the beginning um, I'd have a setback and then yeah. I'd have another one and then another one. <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. just, a, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can either take the defeatist attitude and believe me, there's been plenty of times in my life when I, where I've had it. And, uh, but, but where do you go from there is kind of, you know, yeah. kind of the, the lesson. And uh, so, yeah. So, so that being said, give, give us a, maybe a, a, a favorite moment or maybe a favorite game from your time at the U. I know I'm asking you to pick something very narrow, but like, man, oh, no, I remember no. this one game or I remember this one. What would you say? Yeah, we, really oh, it, it would probably hand, hands down be the, the game winning three pointer uh, against Georgia. Um, okay. I so got, set it up for us, man. Set it up and walk us through it. Well, the week before I actually broke my collarbone and uh, it was just, I wasn't even supposed to play in this game, but, uh, but I had a teammate that wasn't overly physically gifted uh, for controlling his weight. And he got his feet taken out from under him and he landed right on my shoulders as I was, I took a charge and he jumped up in the air and didn't come back down in an elegant way and broke my collarbone. Thank God it wasn't so bad of a break, but I, so I didn't get to play a ton of minutes in, in this, in this Georgia game. And, um, but we're working towards the end and there's the last play and we're, uh, and our, my coach had me as a, as, as the shooting option, but it was supposed to go to Kevin. I was a secondary shooting option because I'd been coming off. Normally I would have been the first, but Kevin Burleson was supposed to take the shot. He, he just couldn't make it. So I ended up getting the ball after an inbounds play with like two seconds left. And, uh, and so I got, got the ball, was able to make one dribble and uh, just kind of get the guy off balance just enough to be able to get a shot off. And when he did that, he actually slapped my, my right contact out of my eye because um, I had contacts back then. And uh, so I didn't even really, I couldn't really see. And it just kind of hung on the rim. And then all of a sudden the ball like dropped 
but I couldn't tell if it dropped off the front edge or <laughs> off into the hoop. And, uh, but then the whole arena just went bonkers nuts. And I, I knew it went in. So I just started running with my arms wide open, just in jubilation and my teammates mobbed me. And then the fan, and this was all on live TV and, uh, and fans started running onto the court and they mobbed me and and, and all of a sudden I realized this uh, jerk was rubbing my head so dang hard and I look up and it's my brother <laughs> David <laughs> so he's he's sitting there rubbing my head and uh one of the, he's a cop, he's a police officer now a cop so him and his wife Laura who we met while I was playing at the for the Gophers um uh so one of the cops <laughs> grabbed him by his belt ball pulled him off the floor away from me and he's like yeah <laughs> thumbs up in the air as he's getting pulled by a cop back and there's like thousands of people on the court but they ended up pulling my brother from me because they thought he was probably hurting me or something i don't Jeez. know but awesome. uh but yeah we had a that that was that yeah that that party didn't uh end till the next morning then. yeah fantastic fantastic so walk us through then um post-collegiate you have the opportunity to play professionally right and to, and to be able to yeah. uh you know get paid to play a game that you love as a kid uh, right. what, what a game changer just walk us through that journey a little bit where'd you play how long did you play there and, and uh, again any takeaways or kind of biggest memories you want to share with us um yeah i guess well i had a i had a game winning three against uh Cisco moscow um and we they if anybody wants to do some looking up, uh, go look up Euro League and one of the best best teams ever in any any level of basketball. Cisco Moscow could have beat, could have challenged, uh, you know, some of the greatest NBA teams. They were they were that good, and they had won seventy two consecutive uh, Euro League competitions. Which, uh, if anybody has any idea about European basketball, it's uh, that is unbelievable the level of talent in the euro league is is phenomenal and um and they won 72 in a row and they came to i was playing for poe uh where i met my uh my ex-wife uh mother of my children at that year um but i ended up uh beating siska at our our uh, facility in poe um i know you know within the last uh last 30 seconds and we we ended up beating this team for the first time in 73 games so you know that was that was a big one um won my first uh first championship in 2008 with uh nancy which is in the north uh north northeast of uh of france and we uh we had a very good team that's where i played with surreal julian and uh the, the greer brothers and um a lot of a lot of good players i could i could go on for forever going through the rehashing who i played with or against but uh but those you know, the first championship, nobody can take that away from you. It's, it's something special. And, uh, um, and I was, I was fortunate enough to have two, uh, I won a championship in, uh, in Poe, uh, when I went back there, uh, that was one of my last, uh, second to last year playing and, um, made some, all, uh, made an all-star team, uh, had a lot of individual accolades and all of that. But for me, by the time it, uh, I, I had had some issues with injuries throughout my college career that I, I didn't know if those, those injuries would prevent me from being able to move forward uh, the way I kind of wanted to. Um, and, uh, but I was able to get my body prepared and my mind prepared to be able to, to approach a professional career. And, and thank God I, I was given an, an opportunity to just, you know, keep putting myself out there enough and, and got, got seen and then was, was able to capitalize on those opportunities. And, uh, 
and I've, I've my passports have are thick with a lot of stamps. I've been all over the world, been able to to drink with some phenomenal people, uh, have wonderful meals with with wonderful people. Some related to basketball, some just wonderful human beings that I met along the way. Um, the, the the level of experiences and the uh, and the culture that I I got a I received uh the enjoyment of being able to take advantage of uh is way better than in the nba life in my opinion and i am very pleased i was i was able to uh, capitalize on the life that i gotta live because it's it's not over even though i'm over 40 now and uh and i am considered (laughs) old i i still uh i'm looking forward to continuing uh the journey and but uh but the journey i've had so to date so far has been um has been truly a god god's uh gift yeah. how many years did you play pro basketball in europe i played eight years just under oh, eight man. years Almost i had a herniated a disc awesome. and uh yeah and i play I had to play my last three with the severed uh, ligament in my my ring finger on my left hand which okay. <laughs> you, anybody ever come see me in public feel free to see my ugly hands i'll show it to you i got no i'm not ashamed of anything but uh but yeah i got some ugly hands from uh, broken and dislocated every single finger at least once so all right so let's uh let's fast forward to today right um, yes you, you've got two uh they like say beautiful little girls right you're imagining yep. that dynamic uh between uh between france and the u.s but, but basically tell people like, what are you, what are you doing today? Where are you? You know, yep. uh, what, maybe what are you most passionate about or looking forward to? Uh, where, where are you today, man? Um, I actually am a lead dispatcher for uh, Wayne transport um, right over here on uh, 52 and 42. Um, my uh, actually my oldest friend outside of my family is a guy named Cole Seamers. And I, I grew up with Cole. i he and I were our arch nemesises growing up in, in t- at Tilden. Uh, just a lot of, lot of years that we didn't want to talk to each other, but we, we remained friends through the whole thing. And, and uh, we, we absolutely kind of like my older brother, I hated him for a long time, but, uh, um, but through that competition, that stiff, stiff, aggressive competition, we were able to, uh, to find a, a, a brotherly love, not only with my actual brother, but now my, my friend that I work with. And, uh, and his family has been running this company for, uh, since 1950 and uh, they do tr- transportation of uh, products, but I, I dispatch uh, uh, petroleum products. So airports, farms, gas stations, different things like that. So I just tell all the, all the guy, all my drivers where to go, what to get them, what to yeah. bring them and, and how to, you know, anytime they have a question, I got to find the, re- the, the proper response to help them find the solution. So, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've got a very logical mind. So, uh, dispatching and mapping things out in my head kind of works. So, uh, it's, a, I'm actually pretty good at it, but, uh, yeah, um, so yeah, it's kind of, kind of fun to, uh, to be able to move into a different facet post basketball. I've been doing that my whole life and with mm-hmm. academics to some extent too. Um, well, definitely a large extent, but, um, but that was what I did my whole life. And I had visions of things after basketball, but it, it, the transition after basketball was, a was, was painful. Um, yeah. it, it, it really tested my character and it still is to this day. Um, yeah. uh, it's, it's something that, you know, when you do anything for that long and it's that big of a part of your life and you want to go in a different direction, uh, then, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna, kind of challenging in a lot of cool ways so that's right um, i'm very very pleased to have been able to move past basketball in a lot of things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i 
my favorite thing to do is uh is probably have a good beer around a bonfire and listen to music but uh, as far as activity wise it's actually holding a chainsaw and working with wood um, okay so cool. that's i would say that's probably the thing i kind of outside of you know the obvious things like yeah hobby, you know man. experiences with your children you know yeah. you know seeing them grow I would say on an individual basis, it's probably more of just, you know, yeah, being out in the woods yeah. and having a chainsaw on my hands. Yeah. So in what ways would you say that your high school sports experience or sports experience in general, how does it still impact you today in a positive way? Things you've learned or things you've experienced? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's just those, those lessons of, uh, you know, what, that it doesn't matter what anybody looks like or, uh, or, or how they, how they be behave on an outward area. It's really the, what their grit and what the, their, what, what makes them up as a more of their character. Um, the, an individual's character is, is, uh, is how I pay attention to people and, uh, people that I, that don't show me that they have good character aren't around in my life for very long. And uh, people that have excellent character, uh, they become mainstays typically pretty often and uh, or at least uh, come in and out of my life quite frequently from that point forward. So I would say through uh, through my experiences through um, through high school is, uh, um, you know, observing people's character and what being being careful with who you let in your life, uh, because uh, the people that are there to build you up will build you up and will will push you to to improve you as a person and people that are going to just draw draw from you to take from you they're they're not going to be there for you in the end yeah okay well you kind of started uh you're you're helping me transition kind of into our final segment one of the things that we really like to do and you did not give me questions i know you're right (laughs) this you're right you've crushed this man well done um the so what i like to do kind of at the end here is just uh allow you to to kind of share words of wisdom or pieces of advice right traditionally most of our audience is going to be uh, well, I shouldn't say most, a lot of our audience is going to be sports parents, right? They may have a fifth grader, yes. a seventh grader, an 11th grader. Uh, so let's start with that group. If you were talking to a sports parent of a, of a middle school or high school kid today, what are a couple words of wisdom or a piece of advice you would give a sports parent and why? Um, I would say do not blow smoke up your kid's butt. Uh, if your kid is not working hard, be honest with them and tell them they are not working hard. It, if they are, uh, if they are working their tail off and not that good, uh, continue to encourage them and continue to, to work with them. Um, if, if they're excellent, uh, at things, don't, don't, uh, shower them with praise, push them to push them to improve in other ways. Um, it's, I think, I think as, as parents, uh, we're, we're there to build our, our kids up and, and push them. You gotta, you gotta give them kindness, but they, you don't, you don't want to raise a baby. So, um, I would say be, be as honest and, and forthcoming with them. And, uh, cause they're going to have to deal with it in the real world as well. So, uh, every coach that kind of, kind of kissed up to me, I didn't gain as much from it as I, as I should have been able to. So, um, don't be afraid to, to push your children. Um, especially nowadays in this day and age, they're so used to sitting in front of a, a screen with, you know, with, with a can of Coke, as opposed to, you know, 
getting pushed outside or, or getting their yep. butt slapped to get outside and go do something. So yep. get them out of the house get or, or yep. get them into activities, either mental or physical, you know, whatever they're, whatever they enjoy, but, but push them. Don't, don't just, don't just let them uh, sit around and collect dust because they'll just go. turn into a book. <laughs> so then uh, let's different part of the audience, right? Let's say it's that student yep. athlete now, right? It's an eighth grader. It's an 11th grader. It's somebody that only even knows your name by seeing a picture on the wall, right? They don't they wouldn't know right. you otherwise. But now listening to this, knowing a little bit about your background and your roots and kind of where you've had an opportunity to go, what same thing. What words of wisdom or piece of advice would you give to a to a high school athlete listening to this? Yeah, I would say priority number one. Uh, if you ever want to play sports and at any level, D3 or, or just even in high school, you're going to have to focus on your grades. Um, a, it doesn't matter if you like it or not. There's plenty of things uh, when you get to the real world that you're not going to like, but your employer is going to request of you. So, uh, and, but you, if you want to do something in life, it, t- it takes commitment to many different uh, things um, and even, even a bunch of things you don't like to do. Uh, I hated running, hated running. Unless I had a ball in my hand and I was playing a game, like running to run, that I wanted to do and reach the goals that I wanted to reach, it was it was an inevitability that I I, I had to suffer these things. Um, I think I think it's uh, I think it's a lot easier for people to 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 decide that they just don't want to suffer things that they that just you know and that sounds hard. Well, yeah. you know, their life is full of opportunities to be to to come up with an excuse, and uh, I would say don't number one don't uh, don't don't look for excuses. There's always an opportunity for excuses. Look for a reason to push yourself through, through something you don't want to do. And then I would say kind of a big part of uh, how I feel like my, my life was very well benefited was uh, just, uh, it, it, it extends further into society, but uh, respect your father and mother. I think that's, uh, that's something that uh, after education, probably before education, if you respect your parents and uh, and and they're they're giving you their best, uh, uh, return it. It'll even even when you don't think you you should, uh, it'll pay dividends for you long term. Awesome. Well, the final thing I would add, I'll just give you the mic for a second. This is this has been like I say, fa- completely unscripted. You know, I yep. certainly had a number of things I wanted to ask you about. Um, final word anything else you want to add that i didn't ask you or you feel like you'd want to say that maybe i didn't prompt you for trent hansen was my favorite assistant <laughs> coach uh, uh, you'll no, find that hundred dollar bill in your mailbox thank you <laughs> uh, no it's great seeing you man uh, nice you talking too. with you and getting some getting some chat chat in so appreciate yeah. it man.